Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome your sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day intensive workshop for men seeking to overcome sexually addictive behaviors. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery. Your experts have over 35 years of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next intensive coming up July 11th through the 13th. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. Here is Stephen. Stephen, how are you this morning? I'm blessed. Thank you, Jonathan. Good. Well, uh, before we get started, folks, we wanted to uh, let you know about our Gateway to Freedom workshop. We do these about 14 or 15 times during the year in various locations around the country. We do them in Texas, Pennsylvania, Oregon, Georgia, and uh, now also in Colorado. So if, if you're a man and you're struggling with uh, any sexually addictive behaviors, whether that be porn, affairs, any kind of sexually addictive behavior, uh, this workshop can be a tremendous catalyst for helping you dig down to the core issues and really begin to uh, break free from those compulsions. You can learn all about our Gateway to Freedom workshops and when they're coming to uh, the various locations and how to register by simply going to the website Gateway Men. Dot com. Again, that's gatewaymen.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-800-49-PURITY to learn more about the Gateway to Freedom workshops. Well, Stephen, we're going to be talking about attachment, and there was an article that you brought that is uh, entitled Healthy Attachment Aids Addiction Recovery, and it's in the Menninger uh, Spring 2014 newsletter, 
And the authors of this article are uh, Michael Grote and John O'Neill. And so this seemed to be kind of a fascinating article, and I guess uh, we're just going to maybe go through this to help our listeners maybe understand the the benefit, really, of understanding attachment styles in relationship to to recovery. Is that my intro? Yeah, go. I'm supposed yeah. to go now, right? Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> uh, healthy attachment, bonding, the biblical equivalence is oneness, right? Being one, being in a healthy attached relationship. This is really an interesting article because... It talks about <clears throat> how healthy attachment helps when you're in recovery. And uh, if you try to go it alone, if you're not attached, well, we already know that, right? Most folks that have developed an addiction uh, will just quietly do it alone. They'll do it by themselves. I mean, they'll do it when nobody's around. They'll practice their addiction, right? They're, they're, they're loners. And so this article has some just really insights So I'm sort of setting the stage because I really think this is the problem below the problem. Because you and I started a conversation a minute ago and somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm addicted, I got a problem with porn, I can't stop using, I'm on it five or six hours a day. Well then, we want to say, well, get a filter and start going to group. See a counselor. See a counselor, read a book, you know, start a journal, be honest with yourself, start telling people. And those are all good things. There's nothing wrong. You should do those things, yeah. actually. But but in my mind, you do all those right behavioral things first, uh, and you hold them long enough until your brain matures enough and cleans up enough that you realize there's some other stuff deeper going on. Mm-hmm. And underneath it is oftentimes a traumatic event, difficult childhood, and poor bonding. And that's what we see when we look at these guys at a deeper level. Something happened. Their sexuality was woken up early. They were introduced to it. Somebody exposed them to some sexuality too early. And then poor bonding occurred also. Well, I remember years ago, you had, you, we, it might have been on the radio program, but I know it was at, least, at the very least in one of our uh, intensive workshops. That you really kind of in your own journey and and you know personally, but also in dealing with with folks in counseling, you came and you basically said, "Hey, listen, this is really not you know sexual addiction is really not a, a sexual thing. It's really a detachment disorder." Mm-hmm. And you you kind of started exploring this, like you say, the problem behind the problem, mm-hmm. and it's it really is amazing how well that fits. That when you, I mean, because because have you have you met a, a sex addict yet that doesn't have an underlying sort of detachment issue relationally? I it, mean, isn't it's even odd to hear you say that because you go to find someone to be in relationship with, but you don't know how to be in relationship, and right. you don't really want to be in relationship, but you got to find somebody. Isn't that interesting the way you just said that? Because it's true. Yeah, and it's almost a, and this is what's so, I think, frustrating and difficult for people in relationship with sexual addicts is, or really any addict, is they, they feel like they are re- related to Jekyll and Hyde. That there's such, yes. such a conflict in this person's being because there's a, there's a part of them that longs for 
intimacy, connection, closeness, oneness. And then there's this other part that says, get the heck away from me. I don't want to, you're getting too close. It's hurt. You know, it's oh. difficult. And that's the attic you're saying, yeah. right? They yeah. will, at the deep, they don't even know though sometimes. They're so busy doing behaviors and rituals that they don't need, know that they really need to be known and loved and it's okay to get up close, right? So, so that's what this article is about. And that's really, I think, what, what we've concluded, right? Talk on one level of all the behaviors and, and, and wives say, well, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just stop? Just stop it. Mm-hmm. But underneath it, we find some trauma wound frequently, difficult childhood, poor parenting, traumatic, left alone, whatever, difficult childhood. Early exposure to porn, things that, like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. And a style that says, I don't really trust people. I'm not going to get close. I'm going to take care of myself the best I can using my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to really get close to people. I'm not going to let them hurt me. And so you have this detached style. Mm-hmm. And that's what these guys have, have confirmed in this article. So it starts by saying a secure attachment is characterized by a positive emotional relationship. And that means... You can depend on others even in distress. You're connected when things are not stressful, and you're connected in a stressful time. You're connected to people. Well, and and when I read that, I thought, uh, you know, it says especially the ability to depend on others when in distress. And Mm -hmm. I think... You know, I'm thinking about not only my own life, but so many addicts that I've that I've met and dealt with over the years, is that we really developed somewhere along the way a, a real lone ranger mentality towards problems, especially. It's like we may, you know, when the waters are calm, um, when there's no immediate threat to our jobs, our relationships, our you know, our way of life, lifestyle. We may be more prone to sort of venture out and and do life together with with others because it doesn't require exposing any of my glaring weaknesses. But when problems arise, we've Ooh. learned to say, no, 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 I got to deal with my problems alone. And some of this can go all the way back to childhood traumas and wounds where you had maybe you had, uh, you know, there was abandonment by your parents or there was a. There was a lot of negativity or whatever. And so you learned, okay, if I'm in a painful, difficult situation, i got to take care of me by myself. And so you kind of associated trouble with aloneness. I've got to do this by myself. And so that means like when – that's why I think there's this perpetual pursuit of addicts to find utopia because it seems in their minds the only place that they can have real attachments so when you wait, have, wait a minute, in, in you know, utopia, they could have real attachments. That's, I think, what happens in a lot of addicts' minds. This but is why. Why, why in utopia? Help us understand that concept. When because you there's the perfect place. Because there's no weakness. There's no flaws. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There's oh, but it's no easy. difficulty. It's exactly. easy, right? Yeah. There's nobody really overly mad or angry or intense or struggling. They don't want you to go deep in a dialogue with them. It's just easy. It's like smooth. When you're on the, some mornings you get up and the ocean is real calm. There's no waves. Yeah. Right? Well, this it's is real smooth as glass. If life could just be smooth, don't give me any waves today. 
I'll function just fine. And that's why this is a profound statement to me about attachment saying, especially the ability to depend on others when in distress. Mm-hmm. So it's it's already making the assumption there's going to be distress in life. There's going to be distress in your yes, relationships. That's good. And healthy attachments happen when you're willing to say, I'm going to be vulnerable and open and ask you for help when I'm in distress. And for an addict, that is like the biggest fear that's that they good. can imagine. That is excellent. You, you mean you mean when I'm struggling, when I'm when I'm when all my weaknesses glaring, when all of my fears and anxieties are 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 at their peak, you're telling me that that's when I need you. and I need you the most. Yeah. You're the most scared. Do you understand? This is brilliant insight on your part. You're a smart man, Jonathan, <laughs> and I can see wives out there. The light bulbs are going on. I go to my husband. I'm in distress. I need to tell him. I want comfort from him, but I'm 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 mad. I'm sad. I'm thrashing, and you're saying when you go to your husband in that state, he does what? Because he's overwhelmed, right? This is. He's not good at this. And and in some ways, because so many addicts have learned, and I'm, I'm using that not in a classic way, but in a in a, like an experiential way, mm-hmm. that they've learned when there's distress, problems, discomfort, you must deal with it alone. When a wife then comes to that husband who's mm. who's you know an addict or whatever, and she's in distress and all this, part of him is going to be resentful. Of her because he's going to say, don't you know you deal with your problems alone and you're bringing them to me? I've got nothing to offer you because when when I have problems, I got to go escape and I got to go withdraw. And and why don't you just do that? Why are you coming to me? (laughs) So so this is too good. So one, he's overwhelmed because he's ill-equipped to cope with her. He can't even cope with his own problems, with his own anxieties and fears. But then you're telling me he's mad. That she has the gall to show up with all her and stuff. And say, help me. <laughs> when all my life I've managed my own stuff. Yeah. Right? And and really, I guess he's quietly saying, just go develop your own addiction, would you? Because then you can, you can, I can't manage me. I escape into fantasy. So whenever your life is real painful, if you had an addiction and I had an addiction, we could all live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's an interesting point because I think I think for a lot of addicts, they are, they are, it's not so much that they are totally detached. It's that they are just mostly detached. And what, because what you're saying there is really, I think, an important insight to, to hone in on. I think addicts are willing to, to give of themselves to another person to a degree. In other words, uh, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to, you know, share my, my my house with you to 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 share my bed with you to share you know it's like there's these these compartments of their lives that they're saying I want to attach but when we start getting down to weaknesses fears uh, real deep struggles long term let me know, build struggles. on what you're saying because what you're saying is incredible you don't know how wise you are and this is going to be the best of show I, this is really <laughs> rich. So, but let me, let me tell you what Jonathan just said. Okay. I'm going to say it my way. He's going to say it his way and hopefully you can capture it. When you go to an addict, an addict knows his brain will save him always. His emotions will fail him and scare him. He cannot go into his emotions. So when you go to an addict, and I'll use an example, um, I'm tired of my job. 
my boss is an idiot. Well, what does an addict say? Well, okay, I get the problem. Your boss is an idiot. All I need to know is your boss is an idiot and you're tired. Okay, I understand the situation. That's the all the information I need. You don't need to tell me anything else. I understand. Don't uh, tell me how you feel about it. No, just, no. Yeah. And then you might say, well, start looking for a new job. Right. And don't talk to your boss. I'll tell you two. You got two problems. I'll tell you two solutions. We're done. That's it. I, I'll bring my brain to the discussion, but I won't know what to do when you start to tear up or when your face is all knotted up and you're clenching your fists and, and shaking and thrashing. I don't know what to do with all that. Mm -hmm. But I'll get enough information. I'll give you two things to do, and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. and now, so that's what you said. He's partially present with his brain. Yeah. He'll, he'll attach on that level. But really what it's talking about here is they, they even say in here that a secure attachment is characterized by a positive emotional relationship. And that's many times where the addict is unwilling or maybe unable to attach. No, he can't. He's and, scared. He shut it down. He cannot do it. And this is what then becomes so frustrating on both sides of that relationship, mm -hmm. both with the addict and those in relationship with him, is... The addict gets frustrated because he, 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 he knows he has such an inability to connect at an emotional level. And the, the, the wife is needing so badly for him to connect with her on an emotional level. Yes. And so then it just creates anger, frustration, hurt, you know, and it just kind of, and that's yes. where a lot of people get stuck. And these guys have this great insight. And I've been playing with this thought myself. And, and the way I've said it, I'm going to say it my way and then I want to say it their way. The way I've said it to a man is, you're ignorant. And remind yourself that you're ignorant and you're missing something. Because if you don't know something, you can know something, right? You didn't know how to ride a bike and you fell down and you got up and you fell down and then you learned, right? If you don't know, you can know. So tell yourself you're ignorant, but I love the way these guys frame it. They frame it much more positively. They say these words, you know, addicts don't have open-minded curiosity about emotions. They don't go, huh, well, well, what's going on? Say more about that. I just have an open-minded, isn't this beautiful? I said to an addict, you're ignorant and, and stay in and learn. But I love the way they say it. If an addict had open-minded curiosity, that's what's missing. And if he stops being curious about where she's going to go with her pain and just let her go and just be curious about what this woman does with pain, if he just did open-minded curiosity, she would take him where she needed him to go and they could bond in the moment and she would be happy. But he has to stay in his head, get two pieces of information, gives her two solutions and get out. Well, that's entirely too convicting because <laughs> I think you've been, you've been sneaking into my, some of my conversations over the years with my wife because, because that really does, I mean, that pegs me because I have a tendency. I mean, and I think any addict really kind of no matter how far along you are on the journey, these are deeply encoded tendencies that we have, like you said, to, to kind of kick things up into the head. Or kick things up into whatever safe place we're willing to then attach with the other person. Mm -hmm. And so kind of my safe place is logic. 
Yes. And so it's easy for me, you know, Elaine may come to me and she's, you know, she's bearing her heart. And I get the pieces of information that I can connect logically, yes. begin forming an argument. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm helping her. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm going to solve because this Because you're going to you. tell her a couple of things to do. And next thing you know, she's like giving me the silent treatment. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, what happened here? Right. And that's what you're talking about. I did not have open-minded curiosity on the emotional level. Of where she needed to go right. and just follow and just ask questions. Because because what she was bringing to me on the emotional level didn't connect with any of my logic. Right. You're... I just simply dismissed it. Yes. Instead of going, I'm ignorant. I don't I don't know, but I can. can. Whatever I, I don't can. know, I can. And that's, I mean, you just gave me a huge nugget, I think, that can help me in my communication with my wife because I just realized I tend to shut off what doesn't make logical sense to yeah. me. And I can only imagine then what that would make her feel like is... Well, it makes us feel disconnected. You didn't connect. Yeah, That's exactly. right. And I'm trying to connect with you. And what do they say? I want to know your heart, right? Yeah. Why, why don't you... Well, I told you my head. No, no, no. No, just go with me on the journey. Mm-hmm. Now, let's learn from wives, okay? How do wives talk? Because if you listen to a wife on the phone... If your wife got a call from a friend and you're listening to your wife, she's going, uh-huh, no, really, I can't believe that, my, oh, you're welcome, bye. And the other person goes, thank you for listening, you were did so good. Well, what did the other person do? Let them run the course, right? Unleash the emotions, use curiosity, and then what? He said, what? Oh, my, curiosity, and then, and curiosity. And at the end, the other female goes, oh, we're so connected. You let me talk to you. You know my heart. You heard me. Mm-hmm. You didn't say anything. Just use a little curiosity and say, go, girl, go. Go wherever you need to go because at the end, I'm going to give you a hug. That's the universal answer. Give me some comfort at the end. But but the other piece I would put with this is that if someone said wives need to talk to understand how they think, and so she's talking it out. She's expressing it out. And if you stay on that journey with curiosity, right, we're going to get to a place where we celebrate at the end mm-hmm. and practice attachment. Any other thoughts? Because I think this is a great aha. The yeah. article is secondary. If it takes us two shows to go through this article, what you just put together was incredible. Because I think that's what guys are doing. And every guy out there is going, that's what I do. She and comes to me to talk, and I give her two good ideas. Because you know what I did as a child? I had to figure it out, and I had to do something. Mm-hmm. And when I was alone, I had to do something. When I was neglected, I had to do something. And when I was abused, I tried to figure out what I was going to do. How was I going to do? I'm always thinking of what to do to protect myself, to be safe. I have. If I can't do something, then I'm not going to be okay. But when you say go into my feelings, it's like, Nobody helps me with order there. I mm-hmm. don't get it. Yeah. And that's why I think there's so many so many relationships where there's a lot of, well, that doesn't make sense on both sides. Because, you know, my wife will come back to me and say, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. And, and, you know, I'll be the same way. I don't understand what you're talking about. Because she's bringing emotion. I'm bringing logic. You know, and it's like those will often miss because emotions don't often make logical sense and logical sense doesn't often mix with emotion you know so right. uh it's it's 
it's important, I think, that what we're talking about here, since we're talking about attachment, yes, that really is an emotional thing. In, in in the essence of what they're talking about Absolutely. here. That's right. It's in the emotional arena because I'm in, when I'm under distress, I need to go to someone and debrief my distress. Because, Put well, all the ugly pieces on the table. I need you to be safe enough to say, well, I want to quit my job. I hate my life. Don't panic. Don't well, what panic. I mean here, what I'm, I'm going to say ugly. Can you please see all my ugly? Yeah, but what I mean here is I think, I think uh, the reason I really wanted to point out the emotional side of it was because – I do believe, I mean, I think we can connect mentally, you know, but the attachment, the, the, the way in which we kind of, uh, if I can put it this way, sort of enmesh our lives together. Yes, yes, is but a look, very can, emotional we cook, thing. can we cook pancakes together? Yes, we can connect and make bacon and eggs and pancakes, get the kids up and eat like, a, yes, we can do that, right? We can make life work. But but go on and expand on what you're saying, but in an emotional level. It's that idea of it, it's exactly what you were talking about. Do we feel like our our heart, so to speak, is connected with this other person? No, but wait a minute. Not just is our activity. Saying that? Is she saying that? I'm asking you from an addict standpoint because she says, remember, I'm, I practice attaching all my life. I'm good at attaching. And I don't attach with you. But what, what we've learned is a lot of people are, that have spent their whole life trying to figure out things emotionally shut down, right? Well, so the, what, what, the, the, well, the reason I'm saying that is because we can be connected on a lot of different levels and still feel detached. Yes, yes. Because we can be connected in activities. We can be connected in, uh, you know, even sexually. We can be connected in our work. We can be connected in our, with our kids, you know. Yes, but develop but, the thought is what I'm asking but, you. But what I'm saying is, is there, there is a difference between having a bunch of these connections and, and having the emotion that says, I am bonded to yes, this now individual. Yes, you repeated that concept twice, but I need you to build on it because you're not, you're, you're exactly right. We can, we can decide what kind of dog to have together and who's going to feed the dog. We can do all these activities and we can figure out to save money or spend money, but we're not bonded. So, so what are you saying there? Because you've repeated that twice now. What, what are you saying? But we're not emotionally bonded. We're not emotionally connected, right? Right. The missing piece. But then can you develop that a little bit more? Because the wife is sitting out there going, yeah, 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 tell me. Tell me. I, I want him to Well, go. for that, you'd need Elaine on the program. <laughs> no, but I'm saying to you, on the journey you've been on, right. what, what have you done then to en- enhance your own emotional development, emotional? Maybe this is personal. I don't know. But, but so far, you've been pretty open on this radio well, show. Well, yeah. I mean, so, and that's just it. I mean, it's there's been ebbs and flows. There are seasons. I mean, like, there are seasons where I feel very connected to Elaine. There are seasons where I feel very disconnected. And I'm sure she feels the same way. And I think it has to do with it has to do with exactly what we're talking about. How well am I listening with curiosity? Mm. Now, now the thing is, the thing that's difficult for me is, and this is where I think I'm going to resonate with a lot of husbands out there, is that I may be going through a season where I feel very connected to Elaine, but I'm thinking of that from the perspective of, man, we had a really good month with the kids in terms of them 
you know, really being obedient, and and we've been laughing together a lot. Elaine and I have been laughing together a lot. We've been having shared activities and so blah, blah, blah. All the terrain, and, that calm ocean looks really good. Yeah, and I'm like, we're doing great. And then then Elaine might say, man, are we okay? Because, I, I didn't, man, we're just not, I don't feel close to you. And, and I'm going, what? Because you're 10 markers. Yeah. Right? The money's going well. Kids' health is good. They're making good grades. They're, we got clothes. They just grew two more inches. We got clothes. Right? And, and guess what? We didn't have any fights. And, and look, there's a lot of calm, calm sea. So we're good. Mm-hmm. But she says, but if you didn't let me tell you about me and you didn't hold this open curiosity, open-minded curiosity, if you didn't hold that, then I might still be over here feeling detached. And not only that, I think it's it's the other way too. It's not simply you didn't hear me. You, it's that it's that uh, I didn't hear you. In other words, I think a lot of wives out there would would agree with this. It's like, yeah, my husband. I, I understand he he doesn't really necessarily. He's not a good listener or whatever. I get that, but he's also not a good sharer. Of himself. Of his own emotions. You know, because what happens, I mean, guys, what happens out there when your wife says, hey, tell me how you're doing? You go, well, work's going well. You know, I put oil in the the car. My 10 indicators. I have a job. We paid the bills. The kids are fed. And you spend 10 minutes telling her that, and she's like, well, now really tell me what, how how are you doing? And we get frustrated because we go, I just spent 10 minutes telling you. How I'm doing, at least as best as I know how to tell you how I'm doing. And right, she's going think for a about this. Thing. He's divided, right? He's into logic, right? And, and activity and busy and doing, right? That whole mindset. And he's going to get his 10 indicators of busy doing. And he's going to go, all my indicators look great. But if he's detached, right? Mm-hmm. Then she's still going to struggle because she wants more, right? And so it's a journey that he has to go on. Are we going to so, need to do another? I think okay, we're this gonna have is going to have to be called Breakthrough Program. Okay. This well, is just really good stuff. Listeners, we're out of time for this broadcast, but uh, we look forward to having you back here next week on the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Mm-hmm.